This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Today on Women of Impact, my girl, Radhi Devlukia Shetty is back. And as always, there are no subjects off limits. Yeah. From dealing with her anxiety to overwhelm to her having a total meltdown. I'm shutting myself down. I don't know what step to take next. And so I'm too scared to even figure it out. I'm too worried to figure it out. It's also overwhelming. I'm done. A plant-based recipe developer and a conscious cooking and living enthusiast, she bravely exposes her vulnerabilities for everyone to see. It's easier. It's easier, even though it's so painful, it's easier being in this space that is self-destructive and sad and and like with no hope than it is to be in that area, which is unknown. Why she believes we should all ball our eyes out and ugly cry and why she actually appreciates her self-doubt. I think self-doubt is fully part of self-growth. So guys, get your pens because she comes with so many tips you'll want to take notes. What the hell, Lisa? And you definitely, definitely won't want to miss what she discovered is the secret to changing your life for the better. Wow, that's a big statement. Those are the two things that are stopping you from progressing, but you are in fear of what you're going to find out in therapy. Welcome to Women of Impact. My girl, Raddy Shetty, is in the house. Yes, I'm so excited. I feel like this is now something we have to do annually. Girl, I'm so excited to talk to you. What you've done since you were last here is just freaking incredible. But there's actually one thing I really want to start on. Okay. You said that you've actually got high estrogen levels recently. Yeah. And it's making you cry a lot. Yeah. And I really want to talk about, because when I think about you, I think about how much you were really in tune with how you were feeling, Mm -hmm. what your emotions are, and then the health aspect. So talk to me about how did you know that you're, you've got high estrogen levels right now yeah. and equating that to crying and what are you doing about it? Sure. So the reason I found out was because I went through a phase where I wanted to do, I was like, you know what? I haven't had a proper checkup for a really long time. Like haven't done full body work, haven't done all of that. And so uh, Jay and I both decided we just wanted to do a general checkup. There wasn't anything specific except for, I felt like I was more tired than usual. Um but nothing drastic but yeah so then she told me that I have slightly raised estrogen levels but and then when I looked that up obviously with high estrogen um you end up just being a little bit more emotional which is how you know pregnant women end up being too and so I I noticed that and you know I think it's a mixture of things I'm putting it on the estrogen but at the same time I think it's like it's it's I I am my emotions are more heightened because I have not seen my family for a certain amount of time that I'm not used to I I I do constantly feel this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss out on this. Oh my gosh, what if something happens? And so I think it's a mixture of, I think it's a mixture of many things. And I think, but, but I am getting a little bit more emotional than I usually would about little things that I wouldn't. So um, how am I dealing with it? That's a good question. Um, Before you answer that though, I really want to talk about what you just said. So how do you then in those moments 
decipher whether you are using it as an excuse yeah. or it really is a genu genuine, hey, my body is overloaded with estrogen and I need to address this versus using versus it as an excuse. Yeah, it's so true. Mm, I think I'm still trying to decipher it. The way I've deciphered it is like, okay, would this be something I usually, like for example, when it's to do with my family, yes, I would usually get, get a little bit more emotional. But if I'm having a work conversation and somehow it frustrated me, I wouldn't usually cry after that. And, but I think my natural response of release has always been crying, but not for small things like that or not in the way that I have been or as much as I usually would be. Like the intensity of the cry is almost like, just like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just, <laughs> and I'm like, I, it's, it's, it's very emotionally driven rather than it being, you know, I can, I can usually do a bit more logical versus emotional. Yeah, I think it's also knowing people who know you, reflecting towards you being like okay yes maybe you have been a little bit on edge um and also me just seeing you know what would i usually react to i love that and don't you think even with jay like it's important to to be able to trust someone enough that you know that you can trust when they're being honest versus using it as an excuse because i could yes. just imagine let's say you and jay get into like a little tiff or something yes and him being like oh you're being yeah. Just being so emotional. I feel like a lot of men do that when it comes to women, women's menstrual cycles. Interesting. Like I've, I've heard that a lot. It's like, oh, what are you, you know, are you on your period? And it's like, no, I'm just really mad right now. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really mad right now. Um, yeah, no, I definitely think it could be an excuse, but no, he's been so sweet but and so supportive. trusting him to say that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, so Tom, I, we joke about it, but he's kind of like my, um, they call it you know like an AA sponsor that you yes. can trust that you can go to yes. and so with Tom he's that for me yeah it's like no judgment will, yeah but mm. he will actually pull me aside and be like babe you may not be realizing it but you're yes. acting a little out of character yes yes <laughs> is that what Jay does to yeah you? he will do that but but even more like more so in a way like do you need support that's usually how he mm. attempts it. he's like do you need support right now like I feel like are you a bit frustrated are you a bit like overwhelmed like what's going on talk to me I'm usually, and I realize this, I'm not usually the type of person to like call anyone to tell them I'm upset. I will usually take it on myself and just like get over it. I wouldn't be like crying and calls and be like, I'm so upset right now. And recently, I think because obviously we were spending more time together during COVID. And also because I feel like I do want to open up more emotionally because I don't, I, I genuinely don't see crying as being a weakness in any way. Um, and sometimes you just want support. And so sometimes I will, when I'm crying, I'll just call and be like, I'm just crying and I'm a bit upset and I just wanted to say hi. And you know, it would just be, it's become a very, it's rather than him trying to be superhero and trying to be too overactive, like what's going on? Let me help you. Now he just sits and he'll listen and be like, it's okay. You can just cry. I'm here, whatever you need, just tell me. And uh, I also appreciate that. Cause sometimes it's like, I don't want you to solve anything. And I don't want you to, I don't need you to do anything. It's just, I just want someone to hear me and and be there silently and he's he's good with that so god yeah. i love that um you just said i don't see crying as a weakness which i think is beautiful yeah how did you get to that point because i, I actually heard an interview of you or you did a video yeah. and it was of our first episode and you give a whole preface of hey look this is one of my first interviews i was very vulnerable you even saying that i was i want i wasn't sure whether i should cut out the crime because yeah. me and you spoke we about spoke that about after it. the shoot and mm -hmm. you're like i'm not sure so how on earth do you go from being the person that is so paranoid, so freaking worried, yeah. you know, um, about crying in public, about all of this, to yeah. then be able to, two years later, sit here and say, I don't see crying as a weakness? I think it's a mixture of things. Firstly, I think it's, um, 
the reality of life like if I am someone that cries a lot and I'm saying that I, I am someone that cries a lot that's how I how I release emotion a lot um and I realize that if there is something I do a lot I have a choice of like hiding it and pretending like I don't do it or just being very happy with it and when I was reading about um and actually even within the the spiritual path that I follow I was reading something to, that said you know, happiness or distress is exactly the same. How we feel emotions, whether it's happiness or distress, we have to flow through them with equanimity, like the feeling of constant steadiness. And so whether you're getting a high from a happy thing or a low from something that's made you sad, treat them equally, like allow them to to um, to feel, feel those emotions equally, because actually one is not better than the other. They're both there to teach you lessons. And so when I read that, I was like, that is so true and it's so beautiful. And so why just why just celebrate the happy emotions? Mm-hmm. Why not celebrate the sadness and and sit in the sadness and, and allow it to teach you what it's what it's there for? It's OK for you to be sad mm-hmm. like you. It is OK and it's absolutely normal and beyond normal for you to feel all these emotions and more importantly, to release them. Because if I'm telling people that you shouldn't cry and that it is a weakness, that's going to make people believe that. And sometimes, honestly, I share it to remind myself because um, I share it because I'm like, no, like I'm crying right now and I and I take pictures of myself being happy. But am I sharing when I'm actually sad? And am I sharing when I do actually cry? And if I don't do that, then that's going to make people genuinely believe that it is a weakness. And I and I and I know I don't believe that, but I have to keep reminding myself because it's something that I felt I've 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 believed for such a long time. And um, yeah, I see it as more of like a duty of being like, listen, if I cry, I, I'm crying. So you most de- giving you permission to cry mm-hmm. and it's OK. And I'm doing it to have many people that I can reach. You do it for yourself. But at least I'm, you know, I'm doing it in front of all these people and I'm still OK with it. So even if you want to cry alone, don't see it as a weakness. See it as something that's that's making you stronger and happier in some way. I love that. And how have, has that then impacted other parts of your life? Because I kind of feel like when it comes to confidence in one area or acceptance yes. of yourself in one area, you start to then accept all these mm. other parts of you. Um, so talk to me about that and how You're that has so impacted right. you. I'd love to hear from you as well how you've noticed that in your life. But for me, I definitely think it's it's that feeling of like when I'm about to cry, usually I'm like, stop it, stop it, stop it. Like mm. just I'm pinching myself. I'm like really not allowing myself to release. And the point is, we want to, if something is meant to be released out of your body, it needs to be released. And I think the release of emotions when I'm feeling them and not in like a erratic way in a, you know, still in a very controlled manner in terms of, I don't believe that we should be releasing our emotions. If I'm angry, I'm just going to have a, a like outrage. And if I'm doing this, then I'm just, you know, those emotions have to also still be controlled. But once I've processed it in my mind, if I still feel like there's an outpour that needs to happen, mm. Um, I do it. And what I have found is by me doing that and by me finishing the process of whatever I'm going through, I feel like the crying is the end process for me. It's like that finishing bit of like, I've thought all these things. I felt all these things in my body. My body's gone through all these, like all the internal, there's still something physical that needs to be released out of my body. And so by, by finishing that, it allows me to move forward a lot faster. And so it allows me to forget a lot easier, move past it a lot easier. And um, also just, I think, physically in your body. I mean, in Ayurveda, it always talks about how any, and you know this, any emotions trapped in your body, anything mental trapped in your body is going to physically manifest in some way. And so I genuinely believe my physical health is probably so much better because I'm releasing rather than trapping it in my body, releasing that energy, releasing those emotions. Um, 
And I, I think that's a really good cycle to have. <laughs> Dude, I love how you break things down. I love how you talk. I love how relatable you are. And I'm actually really glad you brought this up. And I had no intention of actually telling this story, but yeah. um, I was working out about two weeks ago and I was feeling really overwhelmed. And yeah. I'm, when I'm overwhelmed, I go hard. I get yes. harsh. Yes. I get angry. I yes. get stiff. Like, because it's that wall that's holding yeah. me up, if you will. I get you. So I start working out and I start freaking crying. Yeah. And I'm like, literally bawling it and i'm like i'm listening to I'm like this surprised. fun music yeah. and i'm like my bo- but it was the movement i think it eventually- was the, you were, and it's also that you you know you technically are still physically moving your body and i exactly. and and it, that is almost a release you know whether it's through breath whether it's through like uh, or you know mm-hmm. whatever you're doing you're releasing and suddenly your body was like i see an opening like suddenly your body sees that oh i see an opening to release and and you let and i do find that like a lot of people run when they're feeling sad and and they find themselves crying their eyes out through it um yeah i just think it's so interesting isn't it we've been when you, you know when you think about old english whenever i see old english dramas or anything like that it's like they're all meant to be so prim and proper mm-hmm. and nobody is even like let alone happy emotion you can't laugh too loud you can't cry too hard and I think it's a it's such a cultural thing as well. Whether it, I mean, not into a specific culture, but even watching that, I think I, you know, in Indian culture, it definitely has been like that. And then I see it in British culture too, and I'm like, wow, I think it's just a universal thing where just don't be too much, mm-hmm. don't be too much mm-hmm. of anything. I really do see it as a balancing way. I see it exactly how I do with exercise now, exactly how I see with work, how I think of with working out, exactly how I see journaling exactly how I see my meditation, I see releasing of emotion being just as important. Wow, that's a big statement. Yeah, I really do. I think it's energy is not meant to be not meant to be stagnant in your body. That's a really big statement. So how do you do that? Just like so for instance, I know that you meditate every morning. I know that you journal. Mm -hmm. Do you then make part of like, embrace emotion as your morning routine like, what does that um, no look like? you know i think it looks more like it's not like i'm sitting there and i'm like okay it's time for you to cry it's mm. not like a schedule thing i think it's more me um being mindful of like am i seeing my characteristics change mm. and am i seeing me turn into the person that i know i become when when i don't release and so if it is that then i know i need i'm, I'm holding things in my mind and sometimes i hide them in my mind sometimes our mind can be so sneaky and it will put it in a box within a box within a box and then put it at the back of our head but it's still like just poking somehow at at us and it gets triggered in so many different ways that's my moment to stop and be like okay what are you bothered about and it's and i and i wanted to be at a point where like i don't need other people to tell me you're acting up i want i want me to be able to look in the mirror and be like what are you what are you upset about tell me right now like what's going on and I'll just have that internal dialogue with myself. It's like, you are keeping something. And a lot of it recently has probably stemmed from this like deep feeling of like missing my family. Like that's literally what it's constantly stemmed from. And when I'm missing them and my mom was so interesting, like I, for a few days when I was really missing my family recently, I think last week, I do what you said. I built up a wall. I was snapping at my mom. I wasn't calling her. When she would call, I'd be like, mom, I'm just so busy right now. I'm just like, I'm working. I can't really talk. And so I'm like, okay, I miss my parents. I'm not going to ignore that. Let me put that missing into use. And oh, let me plan his birthday. Or let me plan things I can do for them. Let me plan for when they're coming here. But I was in that, I was in that mode and suddenly I just started crying my eyes out. 
And then I was like, oh my gosh, like, why am I so upset? Like, what's going on? And then I call my mom. And what I'm trying to also get used to is telling the person that I'm, that I'm missing or telling the person that I feel emotional about. And that's been really difficult, especially with my mom and my dad, because I don't want them to start worrying and, and feel, feel sad that I'm feeling that way. But I've also realized sometimes sharing emotion allows them to also know how much you love them. And like, rather than me just saying, I love you, for them to see how deeply I miss them, that's such a beautiful thing for them to also experience. And so I, I shared it with my mom, I called her, and it was kind of like, I was laughing, but then sobbing all at the same time. And I told her and she was like, I knew it. She was like, I knew it, you were being so snappy. You were being so like, you, had, you, you weren't calling me. She was like, I knew 100% you missed me so much. And I was waiting for this to happen. And I realized it was a pattern. I, I have that pattern that I, that I go through where I become that person. And it was just so beautiful to hear my mom say it because I was like, that's exactly what I want not to happen. And, and I think action, every time I think about what is it that takes me out of anything if I'm, feeling, if I'm feeling anxious about my work, what is it that takes me out of it? It's taking action, small action, big action, taking one step forward. And I realized that I, you know, I kind of poured that into the same scenario. If I'm feeling emotional, and I'm missing someone and I can't go there and I can't see them and that's a definite no right now. Fine, what can I do? Let me look at old memories. Let me bring that back the happiness that I want to be feeling that I'm missing. Because obviously you only miss people where you had, you've had some sort of deep connection or joy from. You're missing that joy that you feel with them. Mm. And so I, I, that's pretty much I do that. Every day I look at my nieces and nephews, the pictures, the memories that we've had together. And it brings me so much joy. But at the same time, I want to take action. So I'm like, you know, thinking of what I can plan for my mom's, my dad's birthday, thinking about what I can plan for when they come here, thinking about all the things we can do together and utilizing that energy of instead of putting it into a box and putting it away, being like, okay, let me take this, but let me turn it into actionable, turn it into something that's actionable rather than just sitting in it. And that's honestly really helped me. So how do you navigate the cry, let it out, it really helps, to I've heard you say many times, I melt down. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you crack yeah. I mean, literally like, yeah, I had like three meltdowns this week alone. Yeah. Um, to me, those are very different, right? It's yes. releasing emotion because it's good for you. Meltdown is being a bit of a brat and yes. throwing your t throwing tantrums mm -hmm. and, you know. So and not, not looking for a resolution, just like being like, oh, this is going so horrible and I don't even know where to go from here. So how do you know in those moments, like, okay, this is acceptable, or not even how do you know? So this is acceptable, this isn't. How do you navigate yeah. releasing the emotion without letting it spill over into utter freaking meltdown? Yes, agreed. Um... Definitely give myself a time period because I, I'll tell you what, back in the day, I would do this. I would um, sit in my sadness and feel like the sadness was a reason not to take the next steps. So I'd be like, you know what, you are, you, you have a reason to be sad. You, and it's almost like a fear thing. It's like, I don't even want to take those steps. I'm too scared to take them or they seem too hard. So you know what, you can be sad and you should be sad for as long as you want to be. Mm -hmm. And it's valid because if I'm sad, you can't can't expect me to do those things I'm so sad right now like I'm so sad right now and that's the only re reason or excuse that I would allow myself to have to not take those next steps mm. and so my meltdown the reason I'm saying that is because usually my meltdowns have been to do with just feeling overwhelmed with like what step to take next in my career or like what to do next in in my work because there are you know w there are lots of options but do I want to do them like do I want to do them are they going to make me happy are they going to fulfill me and that's really what I was struggling with, that almost sometimes when you have so many options, 
I don't want to take the options just because they're there. But at the same time, I want to be grateful that that they're coming to me. And so I ha- would constantly have this battle in my mind of, am I being ungrateful for the opportunities that are arising around me by not by not taking them on? Or is it a test for me to be like, oh, what do I actually love and want to do? And what really fulfills me? And it would just shut me down completely. And so for me, that's more of a meltdown where I'm just like, I'm shutting myself down. I don't know what step to take next. And so I'm too scared to even figure it out. I'm too worried to figure it out. It's all so overwhelming. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that is a meltdown. For me, the emotional outburst or the, the releasing mm-hmm. of emotion is a... There's more sadness in that. The, the meltdown is almost like a, that's it, I'm done. And it's, it's almost coming from a place of frustration, mm-hmm. frustration rather than, rather than sadness. I don't know whether that helped. No, but, that yeah. was an amazing break now. So now I actually want to go down then. If you used to do it when you were younger as a way to like, well, you yeah. can't expect me. What did that unraveling look like to the point where you are now, where you can say, yeah, it was a meltdown. I didn't really stay there, right? And you're able to then move on. Because here's yeah. the thing, girl. There are a lot of people right now that do the same. They shut yeah. down because they don't know how to they emotionally get through it. No, and it feels so overwhelming. It feels like a huge mountain. And I still feel like that. Honestly, the only thing that got me through it was Jay. <laughs> okay. He is just, the way that he breaks things down, and it's so simple. It's literally just like, okay, forget everything else right now what is the one thing you want to get done like what is the one thing that tell me your big goal right now and then tell me and then and then let's figure out all those little steps that you need to take and it sounds so simple but for some people like me whose organization like my mind is not an organized place and so for and i noticed actually there are lots of people in the world like me whose mind is not an organized place and even though people seem like they've got it together so many people say to me oh like wow, do you, you must have a content plan and you must know exactly. I was like, I don't even know what I'm posting tomorrow. <laughs> I have absolutely, there is, there is no plan. And they're like, have you not heard of this app? I'm like, oh my gosh, organizational apps themselves scare me. Because, <laughs> I have to learn the app. I have to take, use the app. Exactly. But also, the, I think because I've, I've not been organized for such a long time and my mind is in such a creative space that the concept of putting timings on things and, mm. and, and restricting myself in that way, it feels like a restriction. Mm. But what I am realizing is it's not true. That is not true at all. And that allowing yourself to be organized allows you to obviously get so much more done in a day and allows you to get rid of that, that anxiety of what's coming next. That's what I want to get rid of. And that's where a lot of it stems from. Constantly like, so what's going to come next? What am I doing next? I don't even know what I'm doing now. Like, and it's too much for you. Why not, why not take that completely away? Jay literally knows what he's doing. I'm sure uh, Tom's the same, but Jay literally knows what he's doing on an hourly basis. And it's it's been such a struggle for me because I almost get frustrated at myself for the fact that I can't think in that way. So frustrated because I'm like, dude, you you know exactly what you need to do. Why is it that you can't just like stick to the schedule? Why can you not just, you know, be linear instead of all over the place? And it's something that I'm really working on. And I do find the weeks that I am able to stick to it, it makes me feel so much happier. I feel like, wow, it's like so much less weight on my mind, you know, having things organized. I guess that's why they say, even when you're meal planning, like planning, I never know what I'm cooking. I never even know what I've got in my fridge. I'm literally like just like at five o'clock, I'm like, okay, what should I make? And I just see what's in there. But was I to meal plan and I was to cut everything up beforehand, uh, maybe at the beginning of the week, that would be so much less time consuming. Can I ask you though, because you even said, I'm not great at this, you know, Jay is, and I really think I should, and I really should be this. Like, let's talk about shoulds. Okay, yeah. Because do you, is it because you feel like, like why do you feel like you need to get better at that and not just accept 
and maybe it's different with work with personal so maybe yes. we'll talk about that like is there things where you're like okay no this is business I must get better because there's sometimes where it's just like I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to be good at everything. Yeah. Like you're amazing chef, you're amazing. Like the photography you do, your the way you deliver it, it's like Thank your language you. and your and your blogs <laughs> are just amazing. Like it's so beautiful. So it I it do stop and go, why do you feel like you Good should question. get um, better at this? Um and do you also think like that in your personal life or do you give yourself grace in your personal life where you're like, no, this isn't me. And so I'm not going to put pressure here, but you seem to do it in your work life. In my work. Life. I think I definitely do it more in my work life. Um, and I think it's because, I guess it's one, it's, a, it's probably a result of everybody that I see around me that are different types of work people. And so I guess it's, you know, you see something in someone that you really admire and you're like, oh, I, I want to be like that. Or like I something that I know I are technically my weaknesses, there is a part of me that's like, oh, I, you know, I would love to be like that because I know for my mind it would be so much better. Mm. Um, but I think it's, yeah, that dialogue is something I'd probably change in my mind rather than shoulds and just being like, that's really great that you're like that. Rather, yeah. that's it. Like, that's really great that you're like that. Not, oh, I wish I was like that. Like, I think it's what you're saying is actually really important because guaranteed girl there are so many people out there that are looking at you and comparing themselves to you yeah i mean who and so that's why it's important that like i really want to talk about you comparing yourself to other people yeah. and then where that line is of does it make you feel badly about yourself does it make you feel um, incompetent mm -hmm. or does it go oh that's pretty damn cool and yeah. you can you know like that where's that fine line for you um, and how do you actually work through it? Like if someone's watching right now, because they are, they're like, oh, I, I wish I was as successful as Raddy right. and things like that. But the truth is that can be detrimental to their self-esteem yes. and can be detrimental to their growth. Yes. Um, I would say there are certain things that I admire, admire in other people that I know and I'm content with they are not my strengths and I'm okay with that like I know that and I, and I feel like there are many people who even if I was to try doing what they're doing, I would be, I, I'm sure I could do it in some way, but I, I'm think, I always think about it as where do I choose to, to channel my energy? Mm. I choose to channel my energy and, and my time and my resources towards something that one, I feel I am good at, but two, more importantly, that actually brings me joy and actually makes me feel fulfilled. Mm. And so, no, do I want to take a 101 course in organization? No, I definitely don't. And, that, and, and although I admire that intensely, what we also have to remember, and this is a must and a key thing, for some people, things just come naturally innately. And for other people, they don't. And so personalities, I, I, and I really do believe that some, and, and a lot of people say, no, I've worked hard this. And I believe that. I think some people do work harder, even if it's not their thing. But we naturally are born with certain things that we are better at and that we are more inclined to be like, you know, some people really like things tidy, organized, and that's a natural way that they are. And some people don't, and they're a hot mess in their mind. And so I think that's one thing, understanding that in nature, we are also different and allowing for that to be a positive thing and a beautiful thing and admiring that person in a way that you're not like, oh my gosh, I want this quality, but more like, oh wow, like how beautiful that she is that, the way that she is or he is the way that he is. Um, but then I also do believe in taking taking that admiration and yeah like why not take a nugget of something great from everybody that we meet why not 
I, I see organization, you fine. Let me take a little bit of that and story me. And if that's something that grows and that seed turns into a tree and it's something I really feel I would blossom at, yeah, I'll do it. Mm. But if it's something that I feel is just, you know, kind of there and it's sprouting and it doesn't really, really uh, grow, take my interest that much, then I just, then I just won't focus on it. Um, and if it's something that I try, I try, I try and it still doesn't work, I've learned to kind of just accept that and be be happy with okay and then focus on my strengths and again it's it's that dialogue in your mind it's like you could either focus on telling yourself how bad you are at this 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 and this and this and the list will always be endless we can't be great at everything but even if you just think of one thing that you're good at and you realize that one thing actually does make you feel very happy the rest are just bonuses <laughs> and everything else can just be an addition and um I've been doing a lot more things just for the joy of it. And I realized because everything I was doing, like cooking used to be my happy place where I, it wasn't based on result. And now obviously I do a lot to do with YouTube and, you know, I cook, I make recipes specifically to share with people. And I realized that I wanted things in my life that were not based on result at all. Like really not based on whether I was good at it, whether I like nothing, not for anybody, not to share with anybody, not to show them what, what the result was that I got just for pure joy. And so I've been choosing, so I've been doing like roller skating. I did like this trampoline, like trampoline thing. I've just been trying so many different things. And I realized how much joy you get out of doing something that is not for anybody else or even for yourself to prove to yourself with any, like in any way. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with hires as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about? That maybe not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at 
every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash lisa. And so, um, that went a little bit off topic. No, so My I mind like, does this. Yeah, I love it. So I actually want to talk to you about something you just said. So I love the positioning of when you don't feel good about yourself, focus on your strength, yeah. like remind yourself of what you're good at, like all of that I actually get. But I also lean in very much to my weaknesses mm. so that I improve. Mm. So talk to me about that on do you ever lean into weaknesses in order yeah, to make change? To grow, definitely. And like I said, I think it's picking, you can't choose everything that you're bad at. So it's picking those few things. And that's when I, mm. that's when I think it gets overwhelming is when you feel that there is so much to change about yourself and then you don't even know where to start. Like these are the 20 things that I think I'm weak at. Let me pick one for a month or let me pick one in this week and see how I can improve on it and see if it is something that I feel I can improve on or if there's a way to create an environment around me to be better in it with it in some way. And so um, I think it's all the, it's all the same. And like I said, with happiness or with sadness, mm-hmm. I think with strengths and with weaknesses, see them as the same thing. They're both there to teach you lessons. And so if your weaknesses are something that you really are fixated on and that you want to change and you really feel is is preventing you from progressing in some way, take one weakness a week, take one weakness a month, however long it takes you to feel like you're a little bit more in control of it. Mm. You're a little bit better at it than you were. Um, And I definitely do that. I mean, I feel like I battle with the organization thing on a weekly basis, but it's still something I'm trying to do because I know... For me, that's going to be a game changer for me to feel productive, for me to feel happy at the end of a day and feel like I've I've made it through with my mind a little bit more, you know, on a path rather than all over the place. I know I will feel more content with it. I love playing games. It's such a fun way this summer to embrace being a kid again and just let go of life's complications and issues, which is why I love partnering with Best Fiends, who offers just that. Best Fiends is the five-star rated mobile puzzle game packed with super fun brain challenges and never-ending entertainment. With Best Fiends, you can find new cute characters to collect or a new level to defeat and another new level after that because they have, guys, over 5,000 levels to keep you challenged. So download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Slightly off topic, but I really wanted to talk to you about this. So this is actually about trust Mm. and about building trust within yourself and then Mm. building trust with your partners. When you say you're going to call, call. Mm. When you say you're going to turn up, turn up. When you say you'll get it done, get it done. Trust is built in the small actions. 
When you consistently break your promise, people start to question the integrity of your words. They trust you less and they feel they can't rely on you. Every time you don't keep your word, you don't just lose a little of their trust, you lose a little faith in yourself too. Yes, that comes from a mixture of my own experience of myself and and experiences that I've had with friends um, or like family members or whatever it is like growing up. And I think it's... um, a little thing for me is like my miscalculation of how long things are going to take for me to turn up on time for example small which used to be a very small thing in my mind but what I realized was it really is a question of like integrity of like am I sticking to my word if I say I'm going to be there at a certain time that is that is me living outside of my words not 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 committing to my own words not committing to that person and um, the more I say things that I'm not actually sticking to, the less integrity I'm living with, but also the more it chips away at your own self-worth. Because I always think about this. I'm like, even if I, when I end up saying I'm going to do things, even for myself, I tell myself I'm going to do something and then I don't do it. It's exactly the same as a relationship. I'm breaking trust with myself. And so that's why you end up getting to a point where you're like, oh, can I even do this? Do you think I'm going to be able to do this? Or it almost breaks, you're breaking away at your own self-worth, yourself. Like no one's doing that to you. You are doing it to yourself. And that's what I had to keep reminding myself. And so now I've actually become a lot better with timing, just FYI, so you know. And it's been because I'm like, those small things, I I had another friend who would be like, are you going to come? Are you going to come on time or are you going to be Indian timing? Um, no one ever comes on time exactly are you gonna, are you gonna do actual time or are you kind of indian timing and i was like you know i don't want it to be a thing where it's, there's like a radhi timing because mm. i want people to believe my word mm. and i do believe that as soon as you don't believe someone about one area it can easily seep in into other areas mm. and and so you know being a trustworthy friend being someone who trusts in themselves show up for yourself show up for that person that is how a relationship is built a, a friendship is built in that way so why do you think that you can keep going back on your word to yourself and still believe in yourself and that's the problem as well like as soon as you lose trust in yourself and as soon as you lose value or belief in yourself you are reducing what other people will see in you because they're only going to see what you see in yourself mm. i've said this a lot to friends and people where i've been like oh yeah you know i just I'm just not that not that good at this. I'm just not that good at this. And I'm just not that good at this. And what it made me realize is I'm reducing the capacity. Every time my friends would start asking me about business stuff or about, um, I don't know, anything that is not cooking. I've, I made myself believe that, oh, you should, you should talk to, I'm always like, you should talk to this person about it because they probably know more. You should talk to this person about it because they probably know more. And what I was doing was almost reducing our friendship to something that was so niche that like oh you because I didn't value or believe that I could do those things so I was constantly telling them to go to other people for other things I'm like but they want to come to me they want me to be the friend that's there for them for that and I don't believe in myself to give them that advice and the more I said it to them the less that they would come to me for those things and I was like wow that's purely come not because they had that view of me from the beginning I have I have planted that thought in their mind about myself so now my belief in my belief in me is now their belief in me. Belief in yourself is what you exude out of yourself. Like what people feel, the energy that they feel when they're around you. It's everything that you are feeling about yourself within you. And so how are they going to believe you? How are they going to So self-doubt is something you've spoken a lot about. It was actually yeah. the very first thing one of the first things that we ever spoke about it on was. these couches was about yeah. your self-doubt. Um 
how are you then evolving with your self-doubt? Because you definitely seem from the outside confident. I'm sure people say, oh my God, you're so confident, you're yeah. so confident. But even in what you're saying, it's like, no, the self-doubt rears its ugly head, if you will. Absolutely. So do you think that's actually one thing that makes you great at what you do because you doubt yourself enough? Clearly, it was detrimental to you before, mm -hmm. but it still seems like you have some self-doubt. I think self-doubt is fully part of self-growth. Like, I really do. I think, I think doubting yourself is almost like there is such a beauty in being confident, but there's also a beauty in checking yourself. And, and, and through that doubting process now, instead of it debilitating me, what it does is create a space for me to, to figure out where to where to go from that point fine like i believe i'm not good at this i believe that i'm not worthy of this but let's break that down and so i think you know when you're put into certain situations i really think self-reflection and i guess my self-doubt comes from a lot of self-reflection as well where i'm like oh i haven't shown up in this way in x amount of times maybe that means that i'm not good enough for it and i'm like wait no is that because you haven't believed in it or because that's actually true mm. And so, um, yeah, I really have found so much growth in my, like growth in terms of doubting myself, but also so much growth, which has come from the process of doubting myself. And um, I don't think it's, a, I, dare I say, I don't think it's a negative thing. I, I don't think I do. I don't think self-doubt is a negative thing as long as you are, are trying to figure out ways to, and, and using it as a platform for further growth. Yeah. And I literally was about to say that I think anything can be used for good or bad, right? Agreed. And so it's like self-doubt, if it's destructive, if it makes you feel shitty about yourself, if it makes you not act, because you even said like the thing that you need to do yes. is like to act to, to get out of act. that. If you're not acting, if it's making you feel badly, if it's keeping you stuck where you are, if it's forcing you to believe a negative thought about yourself, then exactly. I think that it needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. But if the self-doubt goes to how I like, oh, can you do it, Lisa? Yeah. It's like, are you sure you can do that? Yeah. Like, I always doubt myself in that. And I even use the tone, right? Yeah. I use the tone. I even do like yeah. the, the, the little lean in because I need to, I need to, girl, change the dialogue I have with self-doubt. Yes. And so how do I do it? To me, it becomes a tool. It's okay. I know tone matters. I know body language yes, matters. So I know how true. you frame it matters, which is why when I say, you know, I could say, oh my God, you're so shit at that, Lisa. Yes. I'm going to feel badly. Or I could say, are you good at that? Do you want to be good yeah. at that? Can you be good at that? Yeah. Now I've just made a joke of That's it. So I've got fun. light hearted. But I do it in my head because I used to see it was very self-destructive. Yeah, no, I've been through the self-destructive part of it. Realized it was a vicious cycle that I didn't want to be in. And, and you know... It is, it is really interesting that many, peop many people, including myself, you go through a phase where you think being in this self-destructive mode of like feeling sorry for yourself and being sad in yourself is almost like, I do see it as, as a big gate that we're like stopping ourselves from moving forward because of the fear of what's to come. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely noticed that in myself. And that's not the case for a lot of people. Some people obviously go through serious emotional trauma and it's difficult to move forward from it. But I think for, for a lot of people, it is that. It's like, it's easier. It's easier, even though it's so painful, it's easier being in this space that is self-destructive and sad and, and like with no hope than it is to be in that area, which is unknown and a little bit scarier 
and unfamiliar. And so that's also somewhere I have to check myself because I'm like, am I, am I doing this and am I staying sad or staying upset because I'm too scared to go into that? Mm. Or am I actually in this? And, and, you know, if we get into that pattern of where we allow ourselves, we give ourselves that grace that, hey, you're upset. You don't have to do that right now. You don't have to. It's okay. And that goes on for a day, two days, three days, four days. You put everything off and you're like, and that's the, that's the grace that you give yourself because you're like, well, you're sad. If someone else was sad, I wouldn't make them do that. I just interviewed a psychotherapist actually. Ooh. And she says a lot of us use our past to keep us stuck. Oh, but I what love we that. don't realize is we use our future to keep us stuck. Yes, 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 exactly. Oh my gosh, she said it in like one line. I know. Bravo. Like, like, Bravo. That took me 10 minutes. <laughs> And she she killed it in one line. Oh, this is so incredibly true. I have a friend at the moment that I'm trying to help and have been for a long time. And it's so interesting that we've created the steps required to to progress. We've broken it down. Everything's written. Everything is is, you know, there's steps on how to get to that step mm-hmm. and whether it's to do with health, whether it's to do with wealth, whether it's to do with everything. We've broken it all down. So every day I'm like, did you call um did you call that health person you were supposed to call? Mm. Oh yeah, no, tomorrow. Mm. Did you um call that therapist that we spoke about? Yeah, no, no, it's on my list to do. And it's so interesting to me because it's like those two things are going to change your life. Those are the two things that are stopping you from progressing. Mm-hmm. But you are in fear of what you're going to find out in therapy. You are in fear of what you are um on what changes you'll have to make in your diet, but you are not happy right now. What worse could happen? But it's that fear of your future. It's like that future feels so unfamiliar that I'd rather be stuck in this mud, um, in uncomfortable situation than be, than be uncomfortable with something that could even be better. Yeah. Also, I'm going to add that the future vision that you have dictates how you act now. So let's say, for instance, you're married. And you've been a person that's always, for the rest of your life, my future, like me and Tom, yeah. I'm going to be married to him to the day I yeah. die. That was literally my vision. So now imagine something happens in our relationship and it starts to fracture. Yeah. My future vision of what my life was going to be, that I'm going to be married to him for the rest of my life, can potentially keep me stuck in an unhappy relationship yeah. because I have a vision yes. of what I want my life You'd to be. You'd already created it before it existed. So now the reality may not jive with the future vision I have and I stay because I'm like, but one day, because but that future, that, that vision, the so dream. Good. I don't know whether you've experienced it, but a lot of relationships, they're like, oh, you know, you get to a certain age and it's all down, whether it's age related, whether it's relationship, it's all downhill from here. Like, you know, you hear that so much. And he was talking about it in terms of relationship, but also in terms of life. If we are not waking up every day with the mindset that today is going to be a little bit better than it was yesterday, this relationship is going to be even better. Friendship, relationship, marriage. I'm going to be a little bit more in love with this person today than I was yesterday. I'm going to, I'm going to be better in this area of my life more than I was yesterday. If we're not waking up with that intention, like how do we expect for that to be the case? And I think that that mindset is so vital to actually progressing because you can do all the actionable steps to make that happen. But if in your mind you are telling yourself, it's never going to be better. This is it. It's never going to get better. It's never going to get better. It's never going to get better. And yes, that doesn't mean you don't go through your crazy ups and downs, but today is going to be better than yesterday. Just that mindset, even if it doesn't, even if the worst thing happens to you that day, the fact that you've woken up with that intention, you will even approach that worst thing that happened in your life with a different mindset.
I love that you've said even if it is it ends up being your worst day because that's really important, that right? So important. And to not wallow in that, but to the next day go, all right, yesterday was a shit day. How can I do better yeah. today? Because there's always if it goes down, that means there's always an opportunity for it to go back up. Yeah. Um, something you said. How do you deal with conflict? Because、mm. I heard you say something like hurting people、it. doesn't allow you to heal. Yeah, hurting people does not. Now, allow you when to you're、heal. in conflict. And you know your walls up. Usually, it's like to kind of def- like you're in defense.、Mm-hmm. You may like lash out on them. How do you deal with that? Yeah, I think I think you know we usually try to if someone hurts us, we try to hurt them back because we want them to feel what we're feeling. It's natural. We even enjoy. You want like when when I'm experiencing something, I'm like, Mom, I wish you were here. I want you to feel this with me. I want you to see this place with me. I want you to experience it with me. And so that often then also seeps into when we are feeling pain. We want other people to feel that pain, especially if they've caused that pain, and it's just, you know, what we will all realize is even if we feel good in that moment that we got them back in exactly the same way that they got us, do we still feel sad about it? Yeah. Has it has it actually healed us to the point where we feel fulfilled with how that ended or how、uh, how that situation went? No, never, never. And I've been through that. I've experienced that, and so I can say from firsthand experience. I'm sure everybody can. No matter how much pain you cause someone, even if they've caused you an immense amount of pain, that is never going to be the mechanism that will then heal your heart from that pain. And if anything, when we are thinking about creating, I always think about it in this way: whatever I am giving out to people, it's not what only what they're receiving; it's what's being created inside of me. Which means I'm choosing to create that energy within me to give out. I can't give out anything that's not already within me. So I'm choosing to create pain in me to give out the pain. And what you think once you've started creating all that pain and you've given it away to that person, you think it's completely gone. You've created a pattern in your body, created a pattern in your mind, created an energy pattern where you become used to creating pain for others or creating pain within you. And I'm like, I don't want to be that person. I would much rather, even if that person gave me pain, and obviously this is too. You know, I, I sometimes talk about things like this, and people are like, yeah, but what if this extreme situation happened? And I just want to. Caveat that I'm not talking about extreme situations. What I'm trying to say is, and because these things happen on a day to day, someone cuts us up in a in this simple as someone cuts into us on、um, when we're driving, and you want to swear at them, and you want to, you know, whatever frustration they've caused you, you want to get back at them about it. And so even as small as that, it's like, hey, I know when I have made a choice, taken a moment, and made a choice of. Of、um, meeting that pain that they've caused me with compassion or joy back, or love back, I felt so much better. Why? Because I am creating that love within me to give it out, creating love from pain. And so I remember talking in that video, and I was saying how it almost is like imagine that is your contribution out to the world. Imagine you are receiving in pain, and I'm not saying it's your job to take on all the pain in the world, but you have been given that pain. I have a choice: Am I going to create pain from that pain and continue the pain cycle, or am I going to convert that energy and am I going to turn it back into the world, through into joy, into love, into happiness? And we all think that oh, that little thing is not going to matter. Collective joy, collective happiness, and collective energy is massive. If I then am in pain and I come to you, and I I either share that pain with you or in some way I'm catty because that hasn't left me yet, that will then. It, I thought about it yesterday. I was speaking to this girl. At a register, and I was just, you know, she seemed really tired. I was like, "How are you? How's your day? Like, how's it going? It must be so tiring. You know, it's been so busy for you today." And the energy that she had from the beginning of our conversation to the energy that she had five minutes into the reg, 
she was like so happy, so energized. And it's like, I was able to give her a spark of energy, which she then will continue on to her next customer. And even something as small as that, that energy, that was me perceiving this energy exchange right in front of me. So pain and giving out pain is never going to heal your heart from the pain that you're feeling. You're going to have to heal that and you're going to have to have to fend through that pain and, and really learn how to digest it, recycle it in a way that it's coming out of you in something better. How do you do that in the moment if, yeah. it's, if it's pain and the person that's causing the pain is right in front of you? Yeah, it takes a lot of self-control for sure. I think we have to practice self-control in our day-to-day life for it to, that's the thing, right? It's like, I can say to you in that moment, just, just restrain yourself. But I'll tell you what, if you're not restraining yourself on a daily basis and you're not, you don't have self-control of, over other areas in your life, mm-hmm. you will not have self-control in that moment. Uh, you will not. And it's, it's, and I realize that it's like the more I have control, and actually this is a topic I would love to talk about. I, a lot of people tell me, oh, you know, you restrict yourself in so many ways. You go to sleep early, you do this, you do this, you, you don't eat this. You, and I said, you know what? Everybody thinks that when you restrict yourself, when you are controlling yourself in certain areas, people genuinely think that that's restricting, that you're restricting yourself. Actually, I feel the most amount of freedom because, hey, I have control over most areas of my life. It does not control me, whether it's to do with eating. And like I said, if you are uncontrolled in one area of your life, it will seep through in every way. That's why they say addictive, addictive behaviors. It's not just in that one area. You have an addictive behavior in one area, whether it's drugs, alcohol, shopping, inevitably that is going to be seeping through into every part of your life. The addictive mentality will never be just to that one thing. In the same way, if we are not controlled or trying to be controlled in every area of life, whether it's through our words, whether it's through our actions, whether it's um, going to bed at night, whether it's in what we eat, if we are overindulging in any of those areas, we won't ever be able to control ourselves in the instant moment because we haven't been practicing self-control. And so I think it's like, yeah, you'll make mistakes. Yes, I still sometimes say... I still sometimes say things in the moment in a tone I wouldn't like. I very rarely now say things I don't mean. And that has been a very, very long process. And I, and I actually feel, and I don't feel proud saying it because I don't feel pride in it. But what I can say is I've seen the process work. Why don't you see pride in it? Why um, can't you pat yourself on the back for that? No, I can pat myself on the back for it. But I feel, like, I don't know, you know, when I say proud, I always think of it as pride. And I feel like pride always has ego related to it. Ah, interesting. And so I would say, I, it's not a proud one, but what I will say is that like, it makes me so genuinely happy to see that that process can actually work. Because I used to be someone who within the instant moment, I could not. If someone sent me a DM that was rude, damn, I will, I will get right back at you. Yeah, you think that about me? Oh, well, yeah. guess what? <laughs> Well, guess what? You have no idea what I did yesterday, actually. I am a good person, okay? And now I have I have learned to take that. And it's about taking that single moment, the single moment of between between receiving and reacting. And taking a moment between receiving and reacting is your gonna be your lifesaver in so many areas. And so yeah, I, I get that a lot about self-control. And I'm like, hey, I do everything I want to do. I live my life in the way I want to, and actually those things none of those things control me i am in control of that and that brings me more freedom than anything than me doing every single thing that's out there in the world in fact that's me in control Mm. i've Um, never thought about associating those with the rest of your life like that's so powerful and as you were saying i was like guaranteed that's why so your morning routine video is like it's so freaking got millions of views or whatever and Mm. it was like why do people get fixated on people's morning routines? Yeah. And I think you freaking nailed it. Interesting. It's like the way you wake up with intention, with mm. having something that is for you, that is very 
catering for you to show up in the world yeah. and now you're proving to yourself right the that you can do it and it it is a form of beauty control because now you're able to live the life that you want yeah and then there was something else that i'm sorry to bring this back up but i'm oh, really yeah. surprised that you said that you you won't say you're proud of yourself oh yeah no <laughs> fair because, fair and i think i see joy and and being i you know honestly it's more because of the definition that i have like whenever i think of proud i think of pride and for me pride ends up being like a thing to do with ego so i would say proud if in my mind that's how i always link it so i always say it brings me so much joy or like mm. it makes me so happy or it's brought me a lot of contentment and i think it depends i think you know you i'm sure when you're thinking about proud it's like it's like celebrating yourself and i totally agree with that I think I think it's just I guess it's a difference of definition between mm. how I, I agree I should definitely celebrate myself. Do you myself. celebrate yourself? Do you? I do celebrate myself. I definitely think I um maybe not as much as I should, but I definitely think I I appreciate the progress that I have made. But I guess my mind is always like I appreciate what progress I've made, but I'm also not delusioned in the sense of how much there is still to go. It's interesting because even it's then you, you wouldn't even say proud. You said I appreciate versus yeah. I'm proud of the progress I've made. And the reason why I really want to kind of go down mm. this is it's something that I've really been paying attention to. Yeah. And I got interviewed the other day. And at the end, their, their question was like, if you had to think, you know, who would you think? And I'd just been speaking about Tom for the last 30 minutes. Yes. <laughs> so they're like, I'm sure we know who you're going to say, but who would you think for your, 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 where you are today? And I was like, myself. Yeah. And they're like, whoa. And I was like, I need you to know how hard it is for me to say this out loud. Yes. Like it, it takes every ounce of my being to not back down to say that I'm mm. proud of myself. I thank myself mm. because my ego, everything else tied in is like, Lisa, you can't pat yourself on the back. It's yeah. like, oh my God. But it's like, I am proud. And if I don't say that I'm proud, what's going to encourage me to keep going? To keep going. The work that I've done over these last 10 years have been difficult yeah the 10 years the unwiring of the negativity and the voice of that you can't do this you shouldn't do this it's been hard Fair. and i think i'm trying to lean in more into saying i should be proud of myself yeah an alternate way of thinking about it that some might argue is i think there's a difference between saying you're proud in the way that you're saying or saying you're proud with ego where you're like it's all me like right. the intention behind it. Mm -hmm. So yes, I, I will say proud. And also there's an element for me where I genuinely, as much as I do believe that, um, that I should celebrate myself, I also have such a strong belief that this self that I believe I am and that I am has been, has been built through so many other people and things. And so, and, and I know you believe this too. And so whenever I think about proud of myself, I'm like, I am, but, but I wouldn't be this self without you know, the teachers and and every single other person or thing that has inspired me, nature. I, I wouldn't be the person I am without nature. I wouldn't be the person I am without without that. So when I think about self, myself is so uh, accumulation of so many people and things. And so I guess, yes, if I would say I'm so proud of myself, but my when I say self, it feels like mm. me. And me is... Uh, accumulation of so much and for that I feel so grateful and so yes I, I believe in celebrating myself and yes the work is done by me but that work is supported through the nourishment that I receive through my teachers through mm -hmm. nature through my parents through the person that I randomly meet that inspired me you know all of those things and I'm not saying what you said um 
doesn't include that. No, no. But I was just breaking down. I was thinking, why do I not ever like saying self? And I think it's more me reminding myself that, hey, it was not just you. God, I can keep talking to you forever. I know, me too. Ever. Where can people find you? Where can people find your YouTube channel yes. and all the amazing content you're putting uh, out there? You can find me on Instagram, Radhi Devlukia, and the same on YouTube. And um, that's about it for now. All right. <laughs> guys, guys, if you don't know me by now, you should freaking know I adore this woman. She is so <laughs> uplifting, amazing, articulate. The way she handles herself, the way she works through her own emotions is just so beautiful to see. She's so raw and vulnerable. Go check out her Instagram. Her videos are fire. Check out her recipes, they're fire too. <laughs> and if you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Billu. And guys, if you're not subscribed, what are you doing? What press, are you doing? Press that click, 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 click the subscribe <laughs> button down there. And until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life. Aww. Peace out. Bye.